Welcome to the Mediumship Sisters podcast. Follow our evolution as we explore spirit, share stories and teachings in our soul's path. We are your hosts. Sierra. Emily. Mariana. And Paige. Welcome everyone to the Mediumship Sisters podcast. We're so excited you are here with us today. We have our very first guest ever on the podcast. Her name is Joanna Lunn. She wrote, directed, produced, and narrated in the realm of death and dreaming. And we discussed this documentary in January on our episode, um, The Mediumship Sisters. And um, the question that this film brings up, does consciousness continue after death? The film guides the viewers on a journey to find the answers by explaining personal stories of near-death experiences, deathbed visions, and more. Joanna speaks with leading clinicians and researchers who spent their careers studying these experiences of consciousness. We are so excited to have her with us today. So welcome, Joanna. Tell us as a filmmaker and a writer, what was your intention behind this film? And tell us more about it. And thank you. Welcome, for Joanna. Sure. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Really, really happy to be here. Um, well, I started out this the, the the area of death and dying and um, grief journeys and so on has been with me since um, for a long time. You know, I had a number of really significant deaths in my life at a pretty young age and um, stumbled into working in film and television also, you know, in my 22, 23 years old. And the first project I ever worked on was to research a film on death and dying for PBS. I was living in Colorado at the time. And this was great because it gave me a chance to talk to uh, some of the great death pioneers of that time. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was at the end of her life, uh, but I did have a chance to speak with her and a number of people that she had trained and, uh, and, and others who were kind of the early edge of the hospice movement, which the hospice movement didn't take off until the AIDS epidemic. So that you know, kind of was in that same soup beginning to happen. And um, we came up with an awesome film treatment. PBS looked at it, said, this is amazing. And they said, but you know, it's still too taboo for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now all of these years later for me, you know, you're all in your maiden and mother world and I'm in my crone world. And yeah. so for me, it's like, okay, it's time for me to work this territory. So I did, again, as a, as a filmmaker, I thought, well, it'll be a couple of years. I'll figure it out. We'll have one movie done. You know, I will have completed what I set out to do. Well, as soon as I really started diving into death and dying, I realized there was so much here. It wasn't one movie, it was several movies. And also I had tons of research material that I then turned into a website that is growing with lots and lots of resources for people to form questions they didn't even know they had. Um, and, and so it's turned into the When You Die project instead of the When You Die film. And in the realm of death and dreaming, for me, in a way it starts at the beginning when I was, um, nine years old, eight, nine years old, and my aunt died. Mm -hmm. And nobody told me that she had died. But I knew she had died. So how is that possible? Mm -hmm. So it really starts with that very mortal thing of, you know, I think as, as humans on this planet, we've gotten lost and confused that the material world is the only world for us. And that when we are born and when we die, these are these two great portals in life where you know there is a lot more to being a human than um, having a great pair of shoes, you know, or, you know, whatever. And I love the material yeah. world. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I really yeah. do. Um, but I also love spring, which here in the Maritimes, living in the wild North Atlantic Ocean, you know, spring is hard earned here. And we are still going to get a little sprinkling of snow tonight. 
and yet the morning doves have come back and the robins are mating. And I love every moment of it. And I also know it's a moment and it doesn't last. And so um, in the realm of death and dreaming is really trying to bring us back to the moment, you know, and by, by exploring, you know, does consciousness continue? What could happen? So that's kind of the genesis of that film. And I'm, I'm happy that it's meant to not tell people what to think. I, I hate it when people tell me what to think. Um, but I wanted to lay out different ideas about what it could be. And so, um, and, and I think that's what I did. You did. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a beautiful film. It does give you that pondering, that um, wondering, the the curiosity. I think is beautifully done there, um, and I love that you narrated it. I think in my episode, our episode before, I thought it was um, Nurse Julie, but now that I hear your voice, um, your voice really transcended the whole movie. It brought it all the pieces together, and your personal story, like the little snippets in there. Um, was really beautifully done. Um, we, we wanted to explore that because for us and this, this realm that we're in, it is something that we don't, that you can't see. Um, um, but we do experience it, like you said, in that moment. Um, so it was beautifully done and we're so happy to have you here to discuss a little bit more of it, ladies. And, and I feel like when I hear you speaking and I watched the movie a couple of times and then I could see even more things. Like I could actually listen, like a good book that you read again and then you find new things and new insights. And then I could hear almost the the why of it because I could hear your voice. Before I, I wasn't sure who was who, but right. I could feel the intention. Um, and for us, like, you know, we have had normal lives, like I've had had normal lives and I, for me, I discovered that my grandma passed away when I was three because I saw her mm. and nobody could explain this to me. So a lot of the journey of, of this podcast and of uh, me personally developing my my intuition, my, my, my mediumship and my abilities has been that it has been always with me somehow. And I wanted to normalize it. I wanted to normalize the fact that we connect with our loved ones on the other side, no matter what, if we have the intention, sometimes they come and pop up and we're so excited. Uh, and sometimes we think it's a memory and, and mm. something else. So when I saw your film, I thought now that after all these years, right? Like it's almost how many years, girls? Five years, I don't know, four, four years? years? Four. four years of doing this, mm -hmm. it has become my Better. normal. Mm -hmm. or so. And when I saw your film, I saw that she's really bringing that up to a bigger audience. Um, yeah. And that's what I so loved about it. I loved how you brought so many um, like scientists and so many people bringing their own perspective. Um, and then I was like, okay, I am in my little world now of mediumship as is normal. But how great is that? Like, <laughs> if you ask me that, like, six years ago i would be terrified I would right be like my goodness medium just like no somebody's possessing me and yeah. different story catholic background here so um <laughs> recovering catholic so, <laughs> yeah so it is i'm from mexico city too. i'm from mexico so it's a it's different different story there compared to now so it actually made me realize how how much i have developed and changed over time and how proud i am of making that part of me okay and that you are exposing it to much more people in a different way that that death um concept mm. yeah. yes and i think too and i discussed it in the other podcast that we did regarding the film is that when people were talking about it, you could it felt you could feel their energy of being on the other side. Yeah, and I was like, "This is amazing!" Because that's what we feel as mediums, or I feel as medium when I connect to them. And I was like, "Oh, like you get shivers because you're listening to them being there, and you can feel the energy and the light, and you're like, okay, you know they've been there because it's just this like because we've worked on our intuition and to listen to ourselves. It's like, oh yeah, no, like he truly has been to the other side. These people have been there. Yeah. Um, and that was such an incredible thing. Cause I think 
for viewers who are not in tune with their intuition or their mediumship or, you know, all these other energetic bodies that we are able to access, I think that the film is beautiful in that way that they will start to feel that. Mm. I think it will help them open up um, to feeling that, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's very much the dimension too. And I think it's why the work that we're doing with the, when you die project, and there's a really great team. It's not just me. I mean, it might be my idea and I (laughs) carry a whip, but (laughs) Um, but it is, it is that the unseen is always with us. Mm-hmm. You know, so every, every stage, even when you're planning, you know, what would you want like when you die? What do you want around you? What kind of a space mm-hmm. do you want to be? All of it is very much from that, that, that unseen aspect. So it's not, there's a lot of um, uh, death awareness that's coming out now because of the pandemic. So really, this is a great time because people are really curious and it doesn't feel taboo anymore. It seems necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this is a really great moment in time. I think if I had come out with these films five years ago, mm-hmm. that uh, I would have been too soon, you know, um, yeah. so so the time feels right. But but nobody really is bringing that other dimension to the work. And so that's really what I've focused on. And so the next one saying goodbye is really about what do you want around you? What kind of unfinished business are you going to deal with in your life at this point? What, you know, all of, all of those, those kinds of things. And then the third one is called the architecture of death. And it really is really how the veil dissolves as you're dying. You know, I don't say it like that in the film, but that's really, that's really what that period is like. It's when we're, you know, shedding these bodies and going forward. Um, And I feel like the work that you guys do is almost like the architecture of the afterlife, you know, like you go that (laughs) next step, you know, beyond of like, you know, you've passed through the veil and Mm-hmm. Well, what is that all about? You know, it's sort of like Astral City or the work that Dolores Claiborne has done. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of these, you know, people that are not widely read, yeah. but are getting to be more popular, you know, which I think is the right, the right thing. Yeah, I think the conversation too about opening up our consciousness and our availability to consciousness without altering our states, that for so long, it was believed that you could only connect to that either at the end of life or through um, an altered consciousness through um, herbs or whatever it took to get to that state. Mm -hmm. But to realize that each of us even here have connected to that other side, not only to people that are on the other side fully, but people that are maybe in a coma Mm -hmm. or have um, had a near-death experience and are maybe here, but not here and how, as we each sit with our own consciousness, feeling the difference from what connects with us to the other side has been, and I think I can speak for all of us, but personally for sure, um, has given me more purpose in life than to not have connected to it. So I almost feel better about this life, more connected to this life because I have witnessed what's on the other side. And I think opening that conversation to death is so important because it has been taboo for so long. And the access even through the hospice world and palliative care and end of life care has really extended that conversation as well, where even, like you said, prior to the AIDS pandemic, that entire end of life, and if you had cancer, you know, you just kind of locked someone away. Oh, absolutely. And it didn't used to be that way. You know, my, my, one of my grandmothers, she did what everyone in her enormous Swedish family did, which was lived a pretty long life. And then when it was time, went down into the parlor, lie down on the sofa, stopped eating and drinking and died. That's pretty much how almost everybody did in the old family homestead. And, um, uh, and everybody knew how to work with that. Everybody understood the signs and the marks and the whole bit. And the, and the house, the, the old house that they, the family, my great-grandfather built, it was uh, purpose-built, including death, so that in the parlor, there was a little door on the floor over in the corner in the parlor 
And as a young child, I thought that's probably where they brought wood in or something. Cause you know, you go out around the side of the house and you see the little door there. Right. So that's how I noticed it first. And then I figured out what room it was in. And so I never, I never asked until I was a teenager. And I said, you know, what is that door? Cause I realized we don't have a wood stove. Um, <laughs> <laughs> takes a while for all the lights to line up and 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 my uh my grandmother said oh that's where the dead bodies go feet first you can't go out the way you come in oh, interesting that's fair. so amazing what an I amazing story i i honestly remember growing up because in mexico we celebrate death right and the day of the death so we do have that positive aspect of this, uh, you know, our beloved ones visiting. And I remember this big funerals and yes, people, people were sad, but it was this whole like saying goodbye in this intention of celebrating life. And it was just part of it. I never felt scared about that. It was more so the visitations <laughs> that, uh, what is this uh, that I could not, my mind could not understand um but when i'm with my kids I, my intention always is bring that bring that you know we we die there's a process and i had my five-year-old asking me so many questions the other day and i was like okay how do i feel about this because i can be so like yeah i'm gonna be so normal about this but he's asking me questions about that so what happens after but i don't really want you to die mommy mm -hmm. and who am i being when i'm answering these questions to him i was really paying attention um, and I said, I don't have all the answers, but this is what I believe. And yeah, I'm not going to share more of that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I did a little film on the day of the dead. I saw, um, I saw that I on your website. friends in Tepoztlan, you know, Mexican oh, friends. I love that. And, yeah. And so, oh, I do too. I so love it. It's beautiful, right? It is very beautiful and it's a very powerful landform. Yeah, it is a very, very special, special place. And um, actually it was my, my friend's ideas. I said, well, you've got to come during day of the dead, you know, and, and, and film, you know? So I did go back and I, um, I did a couple of interviews with people, but I made a little film from one interview. He is um, like an eighth or ninth generation healer from the Tepos area. And, mm. and he explained Day of the Dead before the Spanish came in. And he also, That's what we want. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely. And, and, it, and how connected it was to the earth, to the corn harvest. You know, but it starts, you know, before the corn is even planted and it goes all the way through to the harvest and, and it, they're, they're definitely interconnected. And uh, so you can watch that that's on our website, you know, it's oh. free. Um, but the, the thing that um, was so great about talking with him, because he's also a therapist and he's used with some of his clients, the day of the dead shrine. And he said, you know, part of day of the dead's a healing thing because this is a time when the veil is thin and we make offerings to the ancestors and we lay out the foods that they liked the most and you know mm -hmm. and you can say you know to your to your uncle you know i didn't like you very much you did really bad things to me you know and you can have healings through these conversations and i loved that you know i just realized how deeply we're missing ritual in our life that can allow you, you know, instead of keeping the hurts, because it's not always great. It's, you know, yeah. families are humans. We're, we're, we're all messed up, mixed up people. And we have, you know, expressed beauty and we also, you know, express pretty unbeautiful things. So to, to be able to say at the end of someone's life, you know, well, I wasn't really happy with the way that this worked, you know, but I, you know, I need your help now. That would be the day of the dead thing. <laughs> But now I need you. Yeah. But um, right now I need you. Please come. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, but but I but I think it's it's incredibly cathartic to be able to um, to relate to life and death 
in, in terms of all of our emotions and not that you are supposed to have some kind of prescribed grief journey because no two grief journeys are the same, just like no two deaths are the same. And so being liberated from some convention of what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to say, what you're supposed to wear. And, and I see this coming out too in the types of celebrations of life that are happening after people die, you know, and how healing those can be. And they're also like little discovery sessions too, because I know this is true for my father. Um, I, a lot of his friends told stories about him and I'm like, you mean that son of a bitch actually had a sense of humor? <laughs> he was actually fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> right. Yeah. I loved him too, but it was, you know. Yeah. yeah. Different relationship than his buddies. Yeah. 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 That reminds me of, um, well, my first mediumship experience or my first visitation was my father and I was four. So I was very, very young. Um, and I was raised Catholic as well. Same as Mariana. And my mom was very intuitive, but, sh but because we had, you know, they, we couldn't explain it. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't have anyone to share it with. It was weird. Um, I, cause I could feel his physical presence, like touching me. And I was very scared. I was very young. And I, I think that him passing, I struggled with depression. I didn't know how to express it. I didn't know how to, how to um, deal with my own grief, basically. And my mom was a hospice. She got into hospice after my dad died. Mm -hmm. um, she was a hospice volunteer. I would go with her when I was younger to people's homes. And this was in the 80s, um, maybe even late seventies. Um, and I, my mom, that's how she healed. Um, and I think until I really started doing mediumship is actually when I started healing, um, because I could see, um, because every time I connect with someone or work with a client or help someone, I heal as well, because that realm of, um, in between, you see things from a bigger perspective. And I think that's what brought me um, to really love your film too, because it gives us the ability to question and ponder and to wonder and to say, it's okay. Um, I also had a stepfather who recently passed as well, well, in 2016, and he had a near death experience at the end, like a week before he actually passed, he almost passed, died. They brought him back and he grabbed me right away, had to tell me all about it. Um, and I think he knew I was more in tune, didn't really talk to my mom about it, but he was like, Paige, you gotta, you know, I gotta tell you about this story. And he as well, then that week I knew, I knew he was, he was going to die, told my brother to come I knew it. I could feel it in my bones. Um, mm -hmm. And he started talking to his mom and dad. And I, I know I talk about this in another episode, but the day before he passed, we were visiting him and he was sleeping 22 out of the 24 hours a day. And he, I said, dad, we're going to leave. And he opened his eyes. And I've said this before, his eyes were the bluest blue I'd ever seen like ocean water blue. His skin was glowing. He was like, Paige, I said, dad, we're going to go. And I love you. And he, in I, he says, I love you. And he says, I'm going to go back here now. It's so warm and beautiful here. Mm -hmm. And that is like a dream, right? For someone to feel comfort in, in passing. Um, it was very hard for us, obviously as emotional and my mom didn't expect it right away, even though I, we, I kind of knew, but um, it, it's these films like this can bring some awareness so that people can have a glimpse of what it could be like, what to maybe expect um, to know that there is that ability or that curiosity that they could still be around. They are still mm -hmm. around. I mean, I know it, we all know it. Um, mm -hmm. And having that connection that they're not gone forever. Um, so the mediumship in general is just brought me a lot of healing that way for myself personally in my own journey. Um, and I know that it does, um, you know, a lot of the people that we work with, but your film brings it to the masses in a, in a very subtle way. Yes. You know, it gives yes. a little it's bit of beautiful. openness to be talked about. Mm -hmm. So I love that. 
Well, in um, I get the two films confused, the two that aren't out yet. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in the uh, second one, Saying Goodbye, that um, Dr. Amory Chasson, who um, works, uh, she's a, she was a hospice doctor for many years. She is an energy healer herself. And she um, teaches at the Andrew Wheel School of, um, um, what's it called? It's not alternative medicine. It's, ah, I can't remember. It's a medical school at the University of Arizona in Tucson. And, and um, she talked about, you know, that end of life period, just like you were, Paige, saying that wouldn't it be great Instead of saying that I'm going to die soon, we could say I'm going into my healing period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that we could reframe the whole thing because the, that, that there's so much potential to heal because of that energy, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think mediumship work in general has, as it's become more, mainstream in some ways i mean to think there's been episodes or two or three programs now on netflix within the last year and oh yeah it's, it's tyler henry right yeah. great we love him <laughs> we love him <laughs> i think it's interesting as more of us talk about the experiences not only we, with each other mediumistically but even to say to a friend you know i had this thought about your father randomly um I think personally, it's opened up that doorway to healing for grief. But have you had experiences where you've reached out to a medium or found any healing through a medium yourself personally? And if you're not comfortable sharing, that's oh, no, fine. I'm happy to talk about that. <laughs> no problem, Emily. Um, well, it's funny. I, I haven't, I have never had a need to reach out because I keep meeting them informally yeah. <laughs> so i have a number of people that, that, you know i was i was at a cocktail party at a film festival and this is again in the early days of in the realm of death and dreaming and i bumped into this woman we had an immediate connection it was like oh oh like you know oh i know you so happy to see you kind of thing and and she's like what are you doing what are you doing and i tell her oh i'm making a film about death and dying she said oh i'm a medium <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's how we work. Oh, so. great. Tell me, what's it like? <laughs> it's it's turned into a lot, you know, a really, really great friendship. And, you know, she doesn't hang out a shingle, but she, her whole world is interconnected with her mediumship. Mm -hmm. um, and she helps lots of people, but because exactly how we met, just, she said, I always meet the right people at the right time. And so that's kind of, she's very surrendered to that, which is really kind of a neat, yeah. neat way to go. Awesome. Um, she's certainly not, I have a number of friends who are, are psychic. Um, and I have off and on through my life, you know, and I guess I get a little confused about the difference between being psychic and being a medium, mm -hmm. um, because I have gone for, well, really all my life, I started reading tarot cards when I was a teenager. And then I got a little freaked out about it because um, uh, one of my best friend's aunt was like the editor of the New York Times. And I read cards for her. I was 15 years oh. old. And she was like, oh, this is amazing. You're going to be my consultant. And she would be calling me up. I mean, here's this incredibly powerful That's woman, so right? Great. Like, And I'm like, yeah. Holy crap, I can't handle this. So I, I put those away. Right. Too much wow. pressure. That's so good. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah. I, I just like in your energy, I'm gonna just say this. I yeah, she it. has like, great energy. You are very, very intuitive. Like I like right away, I feel like um when I heard your voice again in the film and when I feel your presence, you're it's just it's just within you. It's just who you are. You're a very intuitive person. And you just choose how to channel that. And you're doing that with your films and the message that you want to give. It's almost like it drives you. It just, it's just so with you, right? That like you don't even, it is not apart from you, which is, again, right. part of what I wanted to do with mediumship or with any work that I do, uh, more so for me as children. And just intuition, like it's part of us. It's never yeah. separate from us. I grew up having to not, 
I didn't have anybody to talk about these things with. Um, eventually, my mom was super supportive, but intuition is part. It was part of me, but I I could not understand it because nobody around me explained it. So you, I feel like you is is within you the whole time, um, and that's what I would like for for others to experience as well. They should mm. teach it in school. Yeah. <laughs> we should have intuition that, that and like, honestly, I don't know why children are not learning to like, listen to their hearts and listen to their bodies and the stuff that's happening inside of them because the world would be such a better place. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is oh, so true. Oh. More somatic body work, more, yeah. all yeah. of that would be oh. hugely helpful. Yeah. yeah. Mass, yeah, there's yeah. so many ways the education system is broken. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, that's a whole other episode. And whole other it, it is, <laughs> it is, it is, it yeah. is. But oh, I'm, goodness. I'm an optimist, and I do believe yes. that yes. we've reached that critical crack point where we're we're going to change a lot of things. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think this Definitely. is. I think these kind of discussions, this kind of um, intuitive openness is how the future of healing goes and medicine and beyond that. Um, and I love that, you know, I love this podcast because we are regular ladies, just, we have our own unique styles, our own lives. We do different things. Um, but we all connect through the mediumship and our intuition and just being open to understand it and study ourselves basically and develop the skills um, and, and sharing it and meeting people with like you, trusting the process, just trust, yeah. surrendering to the divine, like being pulled and drawn in a certain way and following it, knowing that we're supported by, a, mm. by some unseen energy basically and, um, and our loved ones supporting us. Um, and it's amazing and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anything you want to ask us? Oh, no, no, go. Oh, I, I was just, I wanted to get into the um, difference between mediumship and psychic because you were saying yeah. there's, you were talking about that. I want to bring it back around because we've had, we've talked about this in an episode. Um, and it's interesting because mediumship is definitely connection to an outside, like an energy. Okay. So that's how it feels. And of course, I start talking about it and then I got all tingly. So yeah. I got <laughs> like oh yeah here we go um yeah so it's like a connection that comes to you where I feel like psychic is more like um understanding the energy of the person in front of you and knowing more about them mm. that's kind of but also we've also said it's funny because they really do intertwine like they really okay. marry together in a reading because suddenly you'll be like okay spirit's telling you this and you can feel this and you know these things and you can see or smell or we all do have different things um, and, but then sometimes you just start and you're like, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> you don't even know why you're saying it, but it's coming out and it's much more, you're connected to the energy of the person that's in front of you. Mm. Um, or you just know things like, I, I don't even know how to explain that. Cause it's like, just, there's an inner knowing, or when you meet people for the first time, um, you just know things about them. You, you, it's like, you can mm -hmm. feel their energy. You know, things about them. I would consider that more psychic ladies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a sixth sense. Like, yeah. Sixth sense. Yeah. 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 Like you would just even like go into the, sometimes you could see something in the future. Like, is that yeah. my own mind? My imagination. Like yeah. Deja vu. Or is that, and okay. then boom, it happens. Where is this yeah. coming from? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I always feel like, like mediumship comes from like the side. Yeah, I always yes. and I'm, you know, I have different oh. clairs that are, but mine is on the side. So I'm always like, if I do a reading, yes. sometimes I don't look at the person in front of me because if I look at the person, I'm going to read them. Reading so I have them. to kind yes. of look away um, or close mm -hmm. my eyes, and mm -hmm. um, then I get visions and yes. smells and phrases, and um, so that comes from the side, and psychic comes more to me head on. Um, and typically it's when I'm looking at someone. Um, so that's how I feel like it's different. So I'm, I usually yeah. turn away to my right or my left side, depending on. So I feel like it's a different, it comes into me in a different part of my body, basically. Mm -hmm. Yes. That sounds familiar. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I wanted to, um, tap on the moments, the part where you were speaking about your grandmother passing and when she was just riddled with this fear and anxiety of what was happening, you know, that that push pull separation between yeah. our physical body 
and our consciousness, our, our spirit body, so to speak. Um, I think personally, the work I've done now diving back and forth, you know, touching that consciousness and coming back has made death far less intimidating. Mm. But I think for generations, we've been taught to ignore that to shut it down to, I mean, figuratively in in certain religions, it's the idea of closing your mind and Mm. keeping your spirit tapped in your body and close to you. Mm -hmm. And the work in hospice, do you find that people are now more willing to talk about the consciousness, the, the external body, so to speak, and that conversation changing through death. Because I, I actually found when we die.org prior to your movies, but through the hospice realm. Yeah. Um, because I think it's so important to open that conversation back up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think so. I think that it's, it's a little one part baby steps and the other part leaps. Um, and I, I'll say that that because it works, more people are doing um, gentle touch, just basically a Reiki kind of thing mm-hmm. to help people who are in distress, you know, kind of level out their energy so that they can depart, right? right. And, and so a lot of hospice nurses and, um, and helpers, even, you know, you never do it without permission, you never invade anybody's space. So it's very respectful. But because it works, and it, and, and it works without additional medication, you know, uh, that that that's, that's been a leap into the hospice movement. It's very, very common to have different forms like gentle touch or even just, you know, people have been through Reiki programs mm-hmm. and other kinds of energy, you know, hands work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's a really positive thing that's then opened the door for, instead of just talking amongst each other, the hospice workers and volunteers, you know, being able to share more openly with families and others that, you know, well, you know, your father was talking to his brother. Mm -hmm. And being able to talk about those deathbed visitations or, um, you know, and and I'm hearing more and more from people and partly because it's what the work I do. I'm sure I I hear stuff. But, you know, it's just that that feeling that that there is a time when you're one foot in one world and one foot in another world. And that that's really obvious at at the end of life, you know, and. I feel like the work that has to be done is now really setting where people, where people die. And I think that a nursing home is a terrible place to be. A hospital is not really ideal. It's because of the beeping noises and the too much liquids and so many, Mm -hmm. so many complications that way. If we could start moving into where do I want to die, being able to make plans. And these are very privileged conversations. You know, so many people do not have that. But if we could start moving there, we could bring lots of people there, you know, and not just the privileged people, um, because you want to be in a loving and safe environment. I think that's really critical. So, and I think that when you do those things, then this larger aspect of who we are as humans, that we are not just flesh and bones, you know, that we are spirit, you know, already. And, you know, and, and we are in a weird way, we are little unicorns, you know, I mean, we can sort of touch in there with our little horns every now and then. And, you know, if we start seeing humans in that way, it shifts so many things. So I I think it's, it's, it's baby steps and it's leaps. So I think we can do that. Yeah, I, I, that's an interesting, I would agree. It's changed so much yet so has so far to go. And I wonder too, I think so many of us, especially here too, feel almost defensive in some ways about being a medium because it's been mm-hmm. so taboo for so long. And sometimes we feel like we're fighting constantly for the recognition, but mm-hmm. fighting the stereotypes and fighting the, you know, the people that are fake and just taking advantage of people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So having the conversation just in general around death, 
that you can talk to a medium to help you with your grief to um connect to your loved ones to get the reassurance that they're here um and i don't expect you to put it in any of your films but to have the conversation just even opened in a way that there are tools there are people there are things that can help you ease your suffering on both ends of the realm yeah 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 really I, I I think that's that's really true and um as we're been really kind of pushing more to find the right kinds of resources that we could um, include in our website especially because people come there looking for things and I haven't quite known how to to bring that into it but really totally open to do that so if you guys bump into research or articles or your own little story, you know, I would definitely get it out there and tweet about it and all the rest of it, because I I think it's important. I think we should know that being human is extraordinary and that we also, um, I mean, I, I I hope it's true that you feel this in my films. I feel like the kind of ground level of consciousness in which our humanity is built is fundamentally loving, you know, and if, if the church has done a disservice and we know it has the biggest disservice is to say, you can't contact it without an intermediary and you're basically bad. Right. Yeah. You know, and those two things have to be completely blown up you know, and say that is not true. It is not the experience coming in and it's not the experience going out. You can touch it, you can feel it. And if you're in the room, you can touch it and you can feel it. So, um, you know, that's, now I feel like I'm blabbering, but (laughs) I feel really strongly about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we definitely, I'm sorry. um, No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say that our biggest message too has been that anyone can do this that yes, that was we was believe say. yeah go for it Paige that it's just so exciting that yeah anyone yeah can we have touch a this whole an episode that we are you know are we born all are we born all mediums basically yes we are and mm-hmm. some of us tap it in and practice and and hone in the skills some people like Emily says you're born being able to play the piano and you've never even been taught so some people are automatically naturally drawn or open or um, interested, curious, they, they investigate and some other people not quite there yet. But the fact is that we all can do this with our loved ones, especially with the people that are closest to us. hundred percent. And it it does give a lot of comfort Um, and you don't have to practice. You don't have to be um, working and sharing it, but we're all intuitive and we can all do this um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think people that do a lot of journaling also stumble into this realm. Mm-hmm. Like automatic writing. I laugh because I journal, I journal so much and that the ladies laugh at me because I've had episodes where I'm like, get your book out and you need to write everything down. Yeah. And when I forget every once in a while, I'm like, this is happening. They're like, Sierra, have you like, go write it down. I'm like, oh my gosh, why have I not, I haven't grabbed my book. What is wrong with me? <laughs> this is my yeah, own autom- tool. Yeah. Automatic writing is one way that I work too sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we write a lot of us, I think, do all of us do, do we all write when we're doing readings? Um, I do. Yeah. I do do it. Yeah. 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 I'm always writing stuff before the, before a reading it's writing stuff down during the reading. It's like, Hey, just give me a moment. Like connection. I'm writing. Like, it's just constantly just coming out. Like it's just writing stuff. Yeah. Cause we don't always remember what we even say, or at least I don't. Yeah. I don't always remember what I say. No. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like you cut. It's cut. just as well. You can't keep yeah. track of all of that no. stuff. It's kind of like we have <laughs> to. Kind of so step, yeah. We step aside with our mental, our, our ego, basically, we kind of push it aside and kind of let the information flow through us. Like Reiki, the same thing. Mm-hmm. We are like a vessel for um, the information to come through us. So sometimes yeah. we're unaware of what we say. I love that hospice is bringing Reiki in. Cause that just made me so happy when you yeah. said that. I was like, Oh yes. Oh um, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I have all, we've all done it. Yeah. Well, your page is a shamanic Reiki master trainer, healer. <laughs> <Love me. laughs> um, Emily and I have done like level one, Mariana, have you done your one and two, one and two, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's so great because 
that's another thing. And I love it because you know, those hospice nurses that are doing this Reiki, they're connecting to so much more. Yeah. Um, because it's such, I don't want to say gateway because that sounds like it's like an addiction or something, but, um, it's, it's an opening tool into mediumship and being with spirit. Cause it's just, you're way more open and you feel the energy around you. Yeah. Um, and I can guarantee that those nurses that are, you know, doing this light touch and all that thing definitely are connecting to other spirits in the room or like yep. knowing that other people are there feeling that energy of feeling the other, the energy, the other consciousnesses that are there as well, for sure. And yeah. I, and I'm, uh, I'm in a few practice circles for mediumship and we practice and grow and, um, study. And one of, um, my, one of my groups, I have a hospice volunteer. And so she is, that's her every day. She goes to a hospice house and she sits with people that have no family and, um, and she's, you know, they're aware that she's intuitive. Um, they monitor her cause they monitor everyone's room, but, um, she has those conversations. She gives them a little bit of peace. She lets them know that their loved ones are there. Um, and I love that because, um, they're utilizing, she's utilizing her mediumship in her every day and her every day is a hospice volunteer. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's giving back that way. And I think it's a beautiful thing, especially with these people that don't have family, they don't have someone coming to see them every day. Um, and so I feel like there's a lot of mediums that work out there kind of under the radar, like they do it in their everyday world, their everyday job. I'm sure that that's true. And just to go back to what, what you were saying, Emily, about, can I be out there with it? You know, can I, can I talk about it to other people and feeling, you know, that that's a barrier for you to really manifest in your full selfhood, you know, and um, I'll just relate. It's not the same, but, you know, I've been a meditator since I was 16 and, um, you know, later became formally a Buddhist and I've been a practicing Buddhist for over 40 years and, uh, you know, it saved my life, kept me sane, a whole bunch of things. But for a big chunk, my early years, teenage 20s, and really even into my 30s, um, it was a very weird thing to say you're a Buddhist. I mean, now we have Zen candles, and it's a kind of decorating, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then, no, it was not a ladies home journal thing at all. You know, it wasn't in vogue. It wasn't in, you know, just this, this is not okay. It's weird, mm-hmm. swami, whatever stuff. Right. And I, you know, I was very conflicted, because I felt like I was hiding something that was so important to who I was. You know, and that that once I finally sort of stepped out from that and was open about it, then people became really curious. And then that's when conversations could happen because they could look at me and they go, well, you're not crazy. You know, you don't you don't look like, you know. You're, right. I don't know, whatever yeah. thoughts people <laughs> had about that. And there were many, you know, right. right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just want to share that in the sense that sometimes it starts here, mm-hmm. you know, and if there's an opening and people can ask questions, then you might just be the link to them opening to their own intuition and into their own life. So, you know, the hardest thing is to overcome our fear for me anyway, of being who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the healing part of any kind of spiritual work that we do is self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. That's why this podcast has been very healing mm-hmm. for, I think all of us, because mm-hmm. we felt alone in these yeah. kind of sensations and gifts. And then we found a community and then we discover that it's just pretty normal and you feel so free. Yeah. Right. Whatever, whatever, ho- however it grows for each of us, right? Like maybe some of us are practicing more mediumship and some of us are doing this or that, but it's just this liberation of uh, it's normal. This is who I am. And if I, if I see it in somebody else and they ask me questions, I'm going to say it's totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes come like a thought and sometimes you feel something like a glint and you're like, what is this? <laughs> it's probably that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. Like, You're all good. So Don't I, worry. Nobody's yeah, going to hurt you. Yeah. It just becomes less fear-based. Like, yeah. It's, it's love. At the end, yeah. like, for me, it's like this It's love. No shame. Love. Yeah. These things happen. Sometimes if a loved ones come through, sometimes uh, messages come through. Yes, it's, it's, it's okay. And that's and the love. best part too. the, you know, when you talk and you have your, um, the people in your film talking about their near death experiences and how they go to this place of love and light and warmth and honoring, and there's no fear or ego there. There's no, um, sadness it's all joy that's what we feel when we connect with this other side beyond maybe evidential mediumship where we have to pinpoint who the person is and kind of go that way we can see they are showing us this bigger perspective it's very healing um and very beautiful Mm -hmm. and we want everyone to know that it's not scary to it. I mean, it's awful to lose someone. Yes. But that they go to this beautiful place and it's not somewhere that they're, that they still live in this kind of realm that's, um, they don't take their sicknesses with them. They're whole and beautiful and love and light. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love those. When, what's the timeframe for the release of your next two movies? Oh, this fall. They'll both come out. That's exciting. Nice. Mm -hmm. Ah. So can you tell (laughs) us, um, I'm going to put the, in the show notes, I'll put, you know, your website and the documentary. Is there anything else that you want to, so when you die.org, anything else you want to talk about that um, you want me to put in? Um, Well, I, I think you could just say that the last, you know, two episodes of the trilogy are coming out this fall. Okay. And we look forward to it. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be sharing about the next films as well. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much, Joanna, for joining us today. Um, We could probably talk for hours, I'm sure, but (laughs) we want to be mindful of everyone's time. So thank you for being here. We really do appreciate you coming on and sharing more about your journey and the films um, and the topic of sharing and being open to um, the consciousness. And if it, if it, um, goes beyond um this life and we know that it does and we're so happy to have you here so thank you thanks joanna it's nice to meet you (laughs) thank you i have absolutely loved meeting all of you (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you you. guys see you next time okay